You are now tuned into the Antidote Podcast with DJ Graphmatic and Paulie Dance. Subscribe now and please consider leaving us a five-star review. Take the Antidote. Apologies in advance. Mobbing deep with the clan, 290 to Dan. Ryan, I'm in my class, beatboxing, Bosky, I dread locking. The nerdy kid, he stuffed in locker, tell him be cool like a lozenge. Nigga, see you with the flogging. They ready to pull your car like Uno out. I can tell you, but this shit, you know about. I'm talking 17, I thought I was the total coldest. Skipping class, they get my ass a phone in office. Left my job, I gave the ass a one week notice. Back at home, I feel like I'm a coldie. Coke, knew the shit was good like I am Kobe. Posted, never left the luck, I got a fool. Paranoid is when I'm supposed to pull me over Stacking up my paper like a loosely owner See me on Cobra, I feel like the culprit None of they shit come back, treated like a toilet Tell my hawk a hook and I'm 360 with the verses Soldier like the service, boss like I got service All they lines down, I'm around and they nervous Bridging on the ground like the carpet, Persian I come from a town with a topic, murder I feel like the crown on my conscience, currently News like I'm burgundy, heard to me so Word to be perfectly, heard me in mold His sound like my sound, if I ain't never grow I didn't fold when the label approach Laid on the lay, it's a rest like jewels Stay in your lane like you paying a toll Cause they ain't gonna pay what they owe Snakes in the grass with the apes in the zoo Gorilla reading Corinthian Calling you Willis like Christopher calling them Indian This is not that Presidential I should get a top hat off experience Quite like librarian How they all silent around I'm like that guy in the town Guy for the crown I keep my ear to the street I keep my eye to the clouds All I wanna do is be the best me All I wanna do is be the best me All I wanna do is be the best me Upset drunk on a cold night Should stop now but I won't lie Nigga I remember those days when I used to have no lies That was back when That was back when Back when it was nothing but a dream Food drive service, black churches Kept my mother cooking daily dinner Breakfast, even lunches for the team Pulled me to the side, told me she was saving up a bucket full of green Hush plans, boy, nothing's what it seems Get up off your ass and follow your passion Motivated for moments, it's back to the mattress Rough patches, back to back, me God be tragic All these hats, rack up thoughts, wreak havoc You can follow the rules Developments, understanding, and swallow your jewels Depend on the model, that's never model your uniqueness Deep kiss over your bottle and cool, I remember the school, I Ridiculous new ideas to my peers fear You must be your mood shot Montaigne, look, wrist boy, better woosah When niggas reflect the image of suffering Lord, I've been a task, I ask my last request on earth is not to let my selfish way shine through Don't believe in karma, only God, but I know what goes round, cause right back round for you Can I get a church? 1995 to 97 was the worst Started writing to escape when I was living on a verse Only looking forward to the 15 and the first Told my niggas I don't wanna hit a 40 with a 40 In front of bodegas incarcerated, I hit a hearse Systematically envisioned to imprison me in dirt By the age of 27, I'm just trying to dead a curse 15, I had a vivid conversation with myself It says, self, you can either kill you or kill a verse Now my verses have verses and burials Scriptures and carols do me with a blessing I am my best me All I wanna do is be the best me All I wanna do is be the best me All I wanna do is be the best me. Best me, possibly. All I wanna do is be the best me. All I wanna do is be the best me. All I wanna do is be the best me. All I wanna do is be the best me. Best me, possibly. Back at it again, and we're like a week out now from the NBA playoffs. And the the playoff pictures kind of starting to, to come into shape, um, but not really. It's going to be going down to the wire, at least for some seeding in uh, in the East and the West. So that yeah, will go, for sure. That will go over some of the playoff picture, how it's looking. 
uh, what some of these matchups might be. And then um, probably next week we'll do a little playoff preview. Yeah, absolutely. So Eastern Conference, it's it's already pretty much solidified. I mean, the Bucks have, have clinched um, for that, but they're actually uh, – the Raptors are actually only three games behind with six games left. So the yeah. Bucks would have to drop all of their shit, though, but still – um, Bucks are creeping up on almost 60 wins. So it's pretty much a lock as far as the East. Uh, we got the Bucks, the Raptors, and then the Sixers are four and a half games behind the Raptors. And uh, actually the uh, the Celtics and the Pacers is really the, the hard, the heat of the race when it comes to, you know, where the seating is going to land. Yeah. Um, they're at the four and five, and they're both tied with the same record. Um so yeah, they. I mean, they're. That's that's going to be the heated race when we're talking about the finish, the end of the season is going to be the four and five, where that's kind of going to land. Um, you know, they're about five games behind the the Sixers, so I don't think um, they're five and a half games actually exactly. So they're they're not going to be able to catch them. Um, yeah. So yeah, the four and five in the East, that's where the race is. Um, we're looking at some teams that are pretty close out that could maybe squeak in. Yeah, Orlando, Orlando's a half game out of the eight seed behind Miami. Yep. Uh, they're a game and a half behind Brooklyn and two and a half games behind Detroit. So yeah. that's the picture for, you know, the last three spots, four teams pretty much. Uh, Charlotte's like two and a half games behind the nine seed Orlando. So they have a shot, but probably not. Yeah, well, I think they're losing tonight, so that's not going to help. They've been shooting themselves in the foot all year. It's the best shots they've been taking. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> the best shots they've been taking is on themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they barely barely got a better record than Washington. And I think that battle for the four seeds is important because the four seed – Four and five seed will play each other in the playoffs. Uh, the four right. seed will get the home court advantage on there. So Boston and Indiana, they got the same record there. I think Indiana will probably pull that off. They seem to have more heart, more fire. Nate McMillan's got them playing hard, especially after losing their best player, Victor Oladipo, pretty early on in the season. Yeah, man. They, he still held them together, and they still uh, put together some quality wins because everybody had the Celtics as probably one of the teams to beat the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, this year going into it, of course, we knew Toronto was going to be up there because they had a Kawhi Leonard, and it definitely shows um, as far as for their record. But, yeah, I had the, I had the Celtics kind of uh, possibly being that number one and number two team, and now they're in a dogfight with the Pacers. Um, and yeah, if the Pacers get, I actually saw an interesting stack or stat, excuse me, um, from the Celtics and the Pacers. Um, so the Celtics probability said if they were to get home court advantage, um, they have at least a 60, I believe it's 64% chance of winning. Those odds drop down to almost 50% if the Pacers um, have home court advantage. So uh, even the experts believe that it's definitely closer and tighter than it, than it really does look on paper. And I do think also that the Pacers would push the Celtics to seven for sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I kind of, in that series, I'd probably pick Indiana to beat Boston. Even if Boston's at home? Yeah. Even if I think a seven game series, I think Indiana would do it. They got to, they play tough for defense and, they just kind of seem like a better team to me. 
Boston has yeah. some better stars, but they're kind of hit or miss. They don't show up every night. Uh, obviously, playoff Kyrie is a thing, so he might right. And that's where I think where the Celtics kind of have is that they don't have that person. They don't have that X-factor killer. That was Oladipo. He's not there. Um, they play really good team ball. I do agree their defense is much better than the Celtics, but um, the Pacers are, are right now they're three of three out of seven in their last ten. Yeah, um, they're three and seven in their last ten, and the Celtics are four and six in their last ten. So both teams are not going coming and finishing the season strong at all. Um, <laughs> they're all playing pretty terrible. Um, so it really is going to be a dogfight to see who's who's going to kind of catch heat in this last couple of weeks and really close out strong because I think that's going to be a big, big thing, whoever gets that home court advantage for that spot. Um, you know, the rest of it, who cares? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that, uh, 38 and 38 heat, I would like the heat to make it just because I want to see D-Wade at least make it to the playoffs one more time before he retires so I can at least see some D-Wade magic at some point, because I feel like he'll definitely win a game against yeah. uh, the Bucks or, or, or any of those kinds of teams. Um, I would love to see that before Dwayne Wade retires. Definitely would love to see uh, D-Wade magic. Yeah, definitely would be good. You see that when uh, Moutier was trying to jersey swap with? with D-Wade. <laughs> yeah. D-Wade's like, nah, bro. <laughs> He's like, I don't want your jersey, Doug. <laughs> Why would I want your jerseys, bro? He's like, I, someone already got it. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Moutier, you're not good enough to get us to get a swap with with Dwayne Wade. <laughs> That's hella funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the East the East Conference is is pretty weak. Um, I really don't care about the East as much. I mean, there's two or, two or three teams. We've talked about it several times this season. Um, since we started the antidote podcast back in February, we've been talking playoffs and um, really the top three teams in the East. Um, it's going to come down to them. It's going to come down to them. Yeah, absolutely. The top three teams. I wouldn't even say four because it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you got the Sixers, Raptors, or the Bucks. Out of those three, who do you see actually pushing um, the Warriors or whoever makes it out of the West? Because we'll kind of talk about that. Yeah, I kind of see – I I would say Milwaukee probably is the best team in the East. They've been playing really, really well. Uh, they've been getting a lot of help from the backup players, the support players, and Giannis has just been on another level all year. If it wasn't for Chris Paul getting hurt, Giannis would be the only MVP discussion right now. But Chris Paul got hurt, and we were blessed with James Harden, which has been on a tremendous, tremendous role. But I think Milwaukee is the best team in the East. I think they're the team to beat. Uh, Toronto, we know they're going to choke in the playoffs. And Philly, I think Philly's kind of at the point where they still need to f- face some adversity and o- be able to overcome that. Right. It seems like, you know, in the in the NBA, that's usually the way things go. Like, you got to get beat before you can win it. And I think Philly's kind of in that spot where they kind of need to get beat so that they can get that hunger f- to come back next year and, and really take it all the way. But um, Right. And I mean, they're they're finished. They're coming down pretty hot. They're um, eight and two, eight and two in the last yeah in the last ten. So that's pretty strong. Um, I I think I think Philly uh, can definitely pull off an upset though against somebody like the Raptors um, and potentially the Bucks. I mean, if you look at, I just look at the the on paper. If those guys can somehow get it all together and make it all click, I mean, the 76ers should be the best yes. team out there. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Because they have again top to bottom the most talent. You know, yes. one through five. Um, but the Bucks play better team ball, better defense. Um, I just don't think they have enough though. I mean, they're gonna get they're gonna get out the. I, I believe the Bucks will get out the East, but I just don't feel like anybody in the East is gonna hang with whoever makes it from the West. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, unless it was like somehow magically, and we'll talk about this. The West Coast, the West Side. Um, you know, the Nuggets, the Nuggets somehow magically make it through everything, and then they play the Celtics because the Celtics seem to always give the damn <laughs> problems, bro. I don't know what it is about the Celtics and the Nuggets, but they always have a problem with the Celtics. Um, that's the only time I could see something like that actually playing out to where that could be an interesting type of uh, championship. But um, let's go to the Western Conference, and we'll kind of talk about them anyway. Uh, the Western Conference – is of course the the battle the craziest part of of the basketball is because we see how good the West is every single year, and this year's race is just as tight as any other race before. Um, we're looking at the Nuggets are now a game behind the Warriors. They were just tied yesterday, but they um, they've been playing some kind of shitty ball every now and then. But they're at seven and three in the last in the last ten. For so are the Warriors, and so are the Rockets. Um, so the, the Warriors are a game up on the Nuggets. The Rockets are two and a half back from the Nuggets. And then from, from there, we Portland's have a half game behind Houston. Yeah. Port, Portland's actually creeping up. They're a half game behind Houston. The Jazz are two games behind Portland. Uh, the Clippers are only a half game behind at six, uh, the, the Jazz, and two games behind are the Spurs and the Thunder who have the same exact record, so the seven and eight. Um, and you got to think they're only two and a half games behind to to the fifth the fifth spot, and only uh, four games back, pretty much from from the four seed. So I mean, you're, you're really looking at all of this the middle from pretty much two to eight. Um, it could be a toss up. It's going to finish it's definitely going to finish a jumble. Everything that is seeded today is not going to be what it's going to be at the end of the season. Yes. Sure. And, and every spot is clinched in the West. So all these teams have made it that we just went over. There's no, uh, no other teams that can come in. Right. Like the ninth seed is six games back with six games to go. So everything is clinched. And as it stands right now, um, and just some interesting kind of stories in the second half of the season. Obviously, I think one of the bigger stories of the NBA season is the Nuggets hanging with the Warriors for that best record in the West. And I definitely didn't see that coming before the season nope. started. Especially with Mike Malone, because I thought he was yeah. not really that good of a coach. But this guy has gotten these these guys to play. And he has, he has Jokic, which is undoubtedly a star. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he really only has Jokic. Paul Millsap has – uh, revitalized after the second half of the season. Yeah. I don't know what's happened with him, but something, a switch turn on in his head, and this dude's been playing like the Paul Millsap that I remember seeing in Atlanta and Utah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Mike Bologna has really just developed these players. The, the whole team basically built by the draft. Paul Millsap was the only big free agency uh, pickup that is in their rotation right now. They right. obviously signed Isaiah Thomas as a free agent, but he's fallen out of the rotation as they've kind of tightened up here towards the playoff push. Sometimes right. they seem a little gassed or, I don't know, they might be blowing their wad trying to, to get a top seed in the West, but they've been obviously overachieving, especially with Mike Malone, who's done a tremendous job 
I would say he, he could be the coach of the year, but a couple other guys might pass him for that. Uh, Budenholzer in Milwaukee might pass him. Um, yeah. Nate, Nate McMillan from Indiana obviously can vouch for, for coach of the year votes. And um, I think also the dude from Portland, I think they're playing a little over their heads. Like, like I said, they're only three games behind the Nuggets for the two seed. Uh, right. Only four games behind the Warriors. So that and one's going to be a game behind the, the Rockets for the third spot. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think they're, they're tremendously overachieving to be in this conversation of a top three team in the West potentially. Um, so some interesting matchups here. I know that. So right now, Golden State would play Oklahoma City. Denver would play San Antonio. The Rockets would play the Clippers, who are another interesting story. They've been going ham since right. the All-Star break. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, I don't know how they got and They that. have no stars. They have no stars whatsoever. They got rid of I mean, Tobias Harris. Yeah, they got rid of Tobias Harris. They got better. And Yeah, and they're actually playing better. They have a star, Lou Williams, man. <laughs> yeah, Lou yeah, Williams. literally the best six man in the in the league right now for sure, um, and I believe all time now because he has the most points scored by a six man by a like, bench player ever. Yeah, bench player ever because um, consistently he's he is the six man. Um, yeah, he's a star, but he's off the bench like you said. So it's it's like it's not like he's starting and he does it for forty minutes a game. He's only coming in for twenty to twenty five minutes to thirty minutes, and he's lighting it up when he's in there though. Um, yeah. But that's it. And then you got Montrez Harrell, who has really no other game but hanging around the paint because he doesn't have – can't shoot the ball or any of that kind of stuff. So the Clippers to me, yeah, Doc Rivers is in that conversation as well for Coach of the Year because they really have no stars. They're just like Indiana, um, but doing it in the West. And that's even harder. Um, <laughs> hanging around in the West with no stars. Um, when you got the Warriors out there, you got the teams like the Warriors, the Nuggets, and, and the Rockets, and – they can be all three of those teams and and, and have, um, you know, that's, that's, that's saying a lot. That's Another interesting thing about the Clippers too, is like, if he does want his own team and try to, you know, prove something on his own, wouldn't the Clippers be the best place for Kevin Durant? Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he wouldn't have to worry about getting any pressure in LA because that's all going to be on the Lakers and LeBron. Right. So he would be under the radar like in his own town, which yeah. we know he wants to kind of be under the radar, still have the opportunities that come with playing in LA market. And, um, you know, not too much pressure. The team's already pretty good around him. They're kind of just missing a player like that. I think that would definitely take a them. A closer and a scorer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he's a piece that definitely might be a missing kind of piece for that team. Absolutely. That's actually a pretty cool call. I don't know if I don't I don't think he'll go there, but you never know. I mean, Kevin Durant has surprised me more more times than none. Um, so <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the guy um, to make some type of crazy move. I don't think it'd be a crazy move, but I would think it'd be crazy for for them to think that they are in that running. Um, it, that you make a lot of logistical sense when it comes to that, but I don't know. Um, it could it could be where Kawhi goes down there and you know those kind of things and they get good. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to see that. Honestly, I think Kawhi is the better fit for that team, um, just because he plays he plays real defense and he's actually uh, you know he he's he's that kind of player. Um, not as clutch as KD, but they got Lou Williams, so they don't really need uh, a super clutch guy. But 
uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I, I think the Clippers is a scary team for anybody to match up with. So, yeah, as it stands, they would play uh, the Rockets, right? Yeah. Uh, so, while I think the Rockets can handle them, for sure, it's because they have James Harden, but I've seen them blow them out with James Harden and Chris Paul in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the difference – now is Capella's – I think Capella's playing the best big man game right now. <clears throat> he, to me, in the West, he is definitely playing one of the best big man games. You know, of course, Jokic is out there and, and things like – and Gobert. Um, damn, and those are two good centers. But I, Capella's playing lights out, man. I think Capella's playing lights out. Yeah, Nurkic was playing lights out too, man. And Yeah, that's um, such a bummer, bro. Nurkic, I hope you get well, dude. Man, that was a huge blow for them because he was playing really, really well. Um, and, I, and I understand watching him play in Portland is I understand why it was so difficult for Denver to to – First of all, pick because I remember when they had Jokic and Nurkic, and Nurkic was busting Jokic's ass a little bit, and I thought Jokic was going to be the one that was going to go, and they decided to keep Jokic. Yeah, and that was it. Seemed to be a good move for both players because both players have have both grown significantly since since they don't play together. But um, I don't think the Nuggets would have been that much far off of where they are now, um, even with Nurkic's play. Because, uh, you know, I, I would give it plus or minus five – or probably like minus five games for sure because Jokic just does a lot more um, when it comes to passing and being the facilitator and being the focal point of the actual offense versus Nurkic who's that, you know, he's playing the center. They feed him when they need to, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that's going to hurt their chances for sure. I mean, the, 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 so that was really smart that they signed Cancer though. Yes. Uh, Cancer was a huge pickup for them. So, if Cantor is playing – and he's actually been playing pretty good since he's been over there. They still – they actually look pretty much the same. I mean, I don't think they really lost a step with with yeah. Nurkic being out. And Cantor's kind of got some fresh legs. He was being benched a lot and right. kind of fell out of the rotation a bunch of times with the Knicks as they're right. trying to get uh, Thomas Robinson more play. So definitely a good move for him. Probably a good move for him to be out of New York. Uh, he's got like the Turkish government going after him. Right. That whole crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Just trying to kill this dude in in on American soil for sure. Um yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting battle between the four and the five. Um if the if the Blazers and Jazz sit where they stand, um, you know, that's gonna be a crazy series. I think that's gonna be a crazy good series. Donovan Mitchell versus Damian Lillard is is definitely a matchup I would love to see. Um if the Clippers keep creeping up and doing as well as they have um, they're only half game behind the Jazz and ended up being the the Blazers and the Clippers. Honestly, got the Clippers in that matchup. Yeah, over the Blazers? I, I could see I that so. happening. I could see that happening. Yeah, in mm-hmm. seven games because Damian Lillard, he's a baller, but he tends to fall off in the playoffs. We've seen it uh, the last couple of years. He does not play well in the playoffs. And um, – Patrick Beverly, man, he, he he's gonna lock him up. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think the match. I don't think the matchup fits well for them. Is what I look at when I look at um, when I look at a team like the Clippers versus the the Blazers. I don't feel like that matchup suits the Blazers very well. Um, One team we haven't talked about 
is the but, Spurs. Oh, the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. They're always the scary team to play. I don't think they're as talented as they've been in years as well, even with adding DeMar DeRozan and having LaMarcus Aldridge, who LaMarcus Aldridge is, is like definitely playing a top 10 ball player this year. He's been very consistent, yeah. um, been playing very well. DeRozan's played a lot better this year than I think he has when he was in Toronto. Um, but it's just not the same team, you know. It doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same feel with the Tony Parker and Ginobili and Duncan kind of domination. So, but they're a scary matchup, and they've Derek been a scary White matchup. Is kind of nice though. He's he's really young. Who's that? Derek White? You said Derek White? Yeah. Yeah. He's the Colorado boy. Yeah, he's he's still kind of raw and at times uh, makes some mistakes. But he's been playing really well. Like when that kid is hot, he plays hot, and he plays some really good defense too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Derek White, the Colorado uh, UCCS uh, star. Went went to UCCS University of Colorado, uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Then transferred to CU uh, and played at CU. Made the All Pac Ten first team and all that good stuff. And uh, the rest of history, getting getting uh, making the team. You know, uh, getting drafted by the Spurs. Coach so that's Pop. pretty dope. Yeah, Coach Pop. Coach Pop knows what he's looking at. So they're, they are a scary team to match up against. I, I really don't think that they will be that much of a difficulty for the Nuggets, but it could be just because it's, it is Greg Popovich. Um, yeah. He does scheme to play um, against you, and he will beat you just by his coaching aspect. I mean, you, we're talking probably, you know, top three greatest basketball coaches of all time, at least in my standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so definitely he's a weapon on his own. So any matchup that, that would be difficult. And I, I, I think the Nuggets would be able to handle him. I think the Nuggets would probably beat them in six. Um, if it goes to seven, I wouldn't want it to go to seven against the Spurs, man. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I hope the Nuggets don't, don't go that far. If, if that were to land how it is today, um, who knows how it'll actually happen. The Thunder is actually a scary team too, though, even though their record is 44 and 33, and you know they're three and three and seven in the last ten as well, so they're not playing well down the stretch. Um, to me, they have the they have the the biggest bang banger bo- or like boomer bust kind of mentality as yeah. far as I think that they could probably take any team in the West, but they really got to be clicking. Like everybody's got to be playing well, and I think they could take anybody in the West, including the Warriors. So, um, man, the, the West is just so loaded. I think any of these teams that are there, if they end up having to play anybody in the East, um, you know, or if they were to make it all the way to the finals, I think they're going to – whoever is, comes out of the West is going to win it all. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Who do you think is going to win the West? Man, that's a, it's, such, it's such a toss-up. I still feel the Warriors is – it's the Warriors. Um, yeah, until, you can against them, right? Yeah, it's like it's it, you can't really you really can't say anything about them until you beat them. Like you're gonna assume that they're gonna make it until they're beat. So I have to assume I have to take the Warriors as an assumption just because of that. Now we know the Nuggets has the Warriors number always, um, but they really need that home court advantage to really help them out for them to really steal that that series against them. Because I think that's a seven game series. And it's just the difference of having the players that they do, the X factor players that they do of a Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and stuff like that. And now you're adding uh, DeMarcus Cousins into the fold. Um, 
you know, that team is very, very strong. It's still a strong team regardless of who they're playing. So the Warriors to me are the team to beat. Um, anybody else out of that, honestly, from two to eight, I really feel like any of those teams could could end up uh, giving the Warriors problems unless it's like the Trailblazers or some shit like that. I don't really think they will hang with them. But, um, you know, for the most part, all those teams who are in the, the top eight, they deserve to be there. And they should they should be able to at least um, stretch out the Warriors to six to seven games. I don't think there will be any easy routes when it comes to who they play. I totally agree there. Um, if if it's a Warriors and the Thunder in the first round, get your popcorn. That's going to be a great series. Absolutely. You know, you know Russ is going to show up against Durant. For sure. And he always cooks Steph Curry. Like, <laughs> that's why they always put clay on him. So they're like, no. Because <laughs> they, they, they don't want him getting cooked because we already know Curry be getting cooked um, on the defensive end. And, uh, man, Paul George has definitely played lights out this year. Um, definitely tops in the league for sure. Um, and he seems to always bring the best out of West, Russell Westbrook. And, uh, you know, I, I think Paul George is still vying to say, like, hey, y'all keep sleeping on me. Um, I'm going to defend and beat y'all. And, I, I, yeah, like you said, get some popcorn for that series. If that's what happens from one and eight, that's that's a tough – first round matchup for the Warriors. That's a tough matchup. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna come out of that one beat up regardless sure. of, of what the outcome is. And right. that'll make it a little bit easier for the rest of the West, I think, if it's the Thunder and the Warriors in that first round. And uh, just shout out to Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double again for the third year in a row. Yeah, if he does that, what, where do you have – you have to put him somewhere. And in, in, I don't care if people think that he's stat stuffing or whatever or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He's still doing it. I don't care. You could call it whatever you want to, but it's not – people not have staff, to make shots. He's not stat stuffing 10 rebounds a game or 10, assi- right. yeah, or 10 assists a game. Right. Um, you know, that obviously is telling me he's passing the ball. He's moving the ball around. He's not the the selfish shoot first mentality player that he originally was when he entered the league. I think right. he's matured a lot, but the, the fire has not receded in him. Like he's right. destined, destined to do this. And it's just crazy, man. Three years in a row of triple doubles. So you're asking me where I would rank him like all time point guards or. Yeah. Like once it's said and done, Having a three years, three years in a row of averaging a triple double, like LeBron's not even averaged a triple double for a year. So he'll always be in the Oscar Robertson dis, um, discussions, right? Any discussions right. that Oscar Robertson would always be brought up in, you'd automatically have to bring Westbrook into those kind of conversations going forward. And he's up there, bro. He's, I would, he's definitely a top five all time point guard. For sure. I would say um, so. You'd, you'd be probably talking about guys like uh, Magic Johnson, John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd, uh, Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Um, Which Oscar's technically a two, so oh okay, you can move him, can move him to a two. Okay. but he had he, but he played. He was about the same size as Russell, and he and he had the ball in his hand all the time. So, so like, <laughs> like Steve Nash. Yeah, I was gonna say Steve Nash probably is in there for point guards. You got to put him up in the up, up yeah. in that number. I definitely would put him up there, probably towards the the higher end of that conversation. Uh, I'm always partial to players that that play with that killer instinct kind of mentality, and Westbrook, you know, lives that. And 
he he just plays hard all the time. He's a player that uh, I see him get better defensively every year too. So, right. That that's another big thing. You know, he he plays hard on both sides of the ball. He takes his game he takes his game very very seriously out there. Some people might not like it. Some people might not like playing against him, but that's the kind of dude I want on my team. Right. When it comes down to to the get down, he wants to win. He's going to do everything he's got to do to win. He's going to push you out of the way to get a rebound. If he's got to do that to win. (laughs) For real. (laughs) You ain't lying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's NBA, man. We'll get, we're going to get back into it. That's going to be heating up very, very shortly. Like we said, Um, you know, we're entering in the last six games of the season. Uh, the official end of the season is the 10th. Um, that's when the last set of games for the season, that regular season will be played, and then we'll hop right in the playoffs. So we'll be giving you guys a preview very shortly once we kind of get those spots locked in and we know where people are going to be at. It's going to be a fun year to watch, definitely on the west side um, for sure. I think the east is pretty much locked up for the most part. We kind of know there's three teams to look at, but um, the West, we don't know what's going to happen, man. It's it's the wild, wild West, and I can't wait to see that and, and see how that goes. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, someone new comes out of the West this year. Fuck For real. Cause I'm, yeah, because fuck Kevin Durant and the Warriors. I don't care about the <laughs> team. I hate the Warriors. Uh, Darren, sorry. Our homie Darren, is, you know, he loves the Bays. He's a yeah, Bay. shout out to Darren. He gave us all those little antidote drops. Yeah, shout out to Darren for that, man. He's been hooking it up. We appreciate y'all listening, man. And, uh... Yeah, still fuck your Warriors, Darren. Um, (laughs) We got to tell you all about the track of the week, man. Um, I'm loving this track that we picked this week. It came out of nowhere. It was one of those drops that nobody talks about. He wasn't talking about it or anything like that. Um, This is actually one of my favorite MCs of all time. Definitely very, very slept on. Uh, My brother, Fonte from Lil Brother, now been doing his solo thing for a while. And Fonte has been... Uh, killing it. His his last album, his solo albums have been really, really good. Um, I'm a big fan. His lyricism and, of course, the brother can sing. Yes. I didn't really know he could sing like that until way back in the day, of course, during the Chitlin circuit and stuff like that. Um, foreign Exchange. Yeah, Foreign Exchange, definitely. Oh, man, Foreign Exchange music was the best. Um, you know, so, yeah, Fonte drops a surprise four-track EP called Pacific Time. Yeah. And... It is definitely dope. It's got the right vibes. Um, I want to hear more of it. I wish you. I wish I could have got some more tracks. But um, the four track EP uh, specific time features tracks: um, "Can We," "Beverly Hills," "Ego," and our track of the week is "Heard This Before" featuring Bosco, and it's produced by Katra Nada. So you already know how that's going to go down with a Katra and Fonte on the same song. <laughs> yeah, man. So. Um, Fonte was on 99.9%, right? One Too Many. Yeah. On track That's Catronata's debut album. If you never heard of Catronata or his debut album, stop what you're doing, put that on uh, next. And after you hear the track of the week, you're definitely going to want to listen to some more Catronata. And he's just fire. He's one of the top producers in the game, in my opinion, right now. He's uh, at the top of that mountain and whenever he gets these dope singers on with, with his style, it just, it's just fire, bro. So heard this one before featuring Bosco, K Trinata, here's Fonte. Yeah.
Take a loss ass nigga I'ma still lay up in the sunshine You just to tell them about the gun line Boss ass nigga We been animals Cause life's a bee when you EYEs Can't seize the intangibles It's like stumbling and tumbling Through a drum machine So kids read the limb manual Miranda writes no plans tonight Now picture this Made a little money Thought it made me pop It didn't make me happy But it gave me options Like trips to the Moulin Rouge Or more cheese on my cordon blue But see that's all on you Just a little insight Into the war of your desire Ain't dislike I shoot first and set the tone like a pitch pipe And anybody blocking my happiness in this life Champagne for my real friends, nigga Thank you NCAA March Madness has been nuts. It is March Madness for sure. Yeah. Um, it's come down to the get down. Duke lost today. Thank God. Thank you, the basketball gods. Thank you, <laughs> whoever you are. If that's Magic Johnson, because your team won. <laughs> if you're one of them, I guess. I don't know who you paid or whatever, but the, I feel it's fantastic because fuck Duke. Uh, I know my school got smacked. My bracket's been shat on since the first day, so I don't care about brackets or none of that. But it's crazy to see this Final Four that we have right now. We got Texas Tech. We got Virginia. We've got Michigan State. And we got Auburn. Auburn. What a a crazy-ass Final Four to have, right? (laughs) Right, especially, uh, you know, Virginia was a one seed, right? Yeah, Virginia was a one seed, yeah. But these other teams kind of weren't in the Final Four discussion. Uh, Michigan State, though, you can never count them out with with Izzo there. For sure. He kind of gets them there like every other year or something like that. They're always kind of – Usually he gets to the Elite Eight, but he usually loses at the Elite Eight. Like that's kind of where he's at. And he usually runs into Duke. So that's where where he's usually the struggle part. So he runs into Duke and they usually lose against Duke Um, because Duke was going into today – um, this is the second loss ever under the Izzo era uh, against uh, Michigan State. So Michigan State winning against uh, Duke. This is their only second win um, in the in the however many years that is. I believe Duke is fourteen and two now against Michigan State. Michigan State. So and, sixteen uh, total games, and most of the time they knock them out. So <laughs> dang. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, so what I really like about this final four 
though, is we got some first-timers. So this is the first time that Texas Tech has ever been this far. Auburn, too, uh, right? Auburn, too, yep. And it's been since uh, since Charles Barkley was the last time that Auburn even made it to the Elite Eight. So when Barkley was there, they lost in the Elite Eight. but um, And they lost to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got to look back at that. And it's like, that's what – 30 years almost since they've been back that far. So this is the first time that they've ever made it. Um, Same with Virginia. Virginia hasn't been this far since 1984. So they haven't been there for over 30 years now. Um, Texas Tech has never made it in general. (laughs) So they've never been this far ever in their program history ever. So now you got pretty much three out of the four teams who've never even been in this territory before pretty much. Yeah, that's bananas, man. And Virginia's the favorite right now. Obviously, they're the only one seed, but let's not forget last year when there was a one seed, they lost in the first round. Blew it. (laughs) it. I'm expecting them to blow it again here. Um, Yeah. I think Auburn probably beat them. That's what I would bet on. Virginia, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Michigan State is a three-point favorite against Texas Tech. I don't know. I kind of see Michigan State just winning it all, a coaching experience. Yeah. And you know, a lot of agree. it comes down to coaching at this point. And I don't think any of these other coaches are, are Hall of Fame caliber coaches like Izzo. Right. We're talking about Tom Izzo versus – I don't even know the other coaches. I, I saw the picture of the guy from, from Virginia. You saw his picture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just know that it, he, uh, he, he looked very ecstatic to get this far. But they blew it last year coming in as a number one. And that, that, that's, that's the wild thing is that all these number ones are gone. I mean, Duke losing today. Duke should have lost two rounds ago. They've been getting lucky anyway, so fuck Duke. They've been getting hella lucky. Um, my Tar Heels got smacked. We got, we got outcoached. We got outplayed. Um, and we lost by like 20 points to Auburn. Auburn whooped us. They lost their best player. He tore his ACL. And he, they, play, they played well today, and they played very well against us. So um, Auburn, Auburn seems to be tested, though. They're going through a huge test right now, and they're, they're standing up to the test. Their best player went down, and they still put up a good fight today and played a great game, went into overtime, and, and, and won that game against Kentucky. And they had lost to Kentucky twice already this year, so this was their revenge. And you know how that story goes is you usually don't get that three-time sweep in a season. Um, that's for sure. And uh, – yeah, I mean, they overcame that hump, but without their best player. So I think they're battle-tested. They're going to give Virginia fits, man. They're going to give Virginia fits. Um, I still don't feel like Virginia is the best team, um, even with their record. I I still feel like they're overrated. If they do it, hey, they, then that's them. That's great. I'm, I'm glad that they brought home at least one to ACC, and it's not Duke winning. So I give a shit who wins at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. As long as Duke doesn't win, I don't care. Um, so this is- this is Izzo's eighth Final Four with Michigan State since ninety. Yeah. So in the last twenty years, this is his eighth one. Yeah. So that's that's he knows what it is, and he's he's won a national championship in the last uh, fifteen years. Yeah. Um, two, actually, two thousand was the year that they won the title. Oh, okay. So almost twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Damn, so, is that really the last the last one that he won? That's the only one he's won. Yeah. He's made I feel it like to, he was. He's been pretty close, but I guess they just eight, never eight final fours though, so that's pretty tremendous. So like the first one was ninety nine, that was twenty years ago now. So Right. He's making it about every other year to the final four. 
Yeah, pretty much. And that's an achievement in itself. It's crazy. He was uh, inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame already, too, in 2016. And he's made 22 straight tournaments. Wow. Yeah, those are definitely Mike Krzyzewski numbers. <laughs> Outside of the rings, but... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the only thing that's on Izzo's mark is the rings. Is he can't his team can't seem to get it done in, in the in the time and when they needed to in the ship. But I really feel like this year it's it's open. Texas Tech is was really a I I didn't know anything about their basketball program going into this season during the season or anything. I didn't hear much about them until now, and it's just like now here they are. Um, here here's Texas Tech, and maybe that'll put them on the map. I kind of like that. That's cool because. Um, they're the first Texas team to make it since 2003. They're the first Texas team to make it this far. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, in 2003, the Texas team that had them in 2003, um, I can't even remember who was on that team, but I think I remember they was had it Texas. Longhorns? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the Longhorns. Um, and I'm trying to remember who they had on the team, but I, I mean, even then, A and M was pretty. I thought A and M was decent. They had AC Law back in the day, and they were pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, still, it doesn't matter. Like, 2003, that's a long time since somebody from the state of Texas has made it this far. You would think that they would get some pretty good basketball players, but but they haven't. And so this is a homegrown team, homegrown, um, you know, just kind of finding players, and these guys just work together as a team. So that's really good coaching. I'm, I'm really excited to see what that scheme will come out to look like against Michigan State um, because that's a whole different coach. That's a whole different type of team, and it's a team that's never made it before, so I love to see that. I love to see the other teams that aren't the, you know, the same blue-chip schools that are always making it, like the the UNCs and Dukes, except for UNC. I love them to make it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to catch up. We're trying to catch up to these ships, so I was really hoping that we would make it to the ship this year, and I'm so disappointed about it. Um, we're trying to catch up to UCLA and all the other schools with the championships. So, uh, But anyways – Definitely the final four is looking pretty tasty. Out of those four teams, who do you expect to take it all then? Michigan State. I'm gonna go on a, I'm gonna jinx them right now and say they're gonna <laughs> I actually got Michigan State as well. Um I actually so th- this is actually funny. I actually had Michigan State made it make it this far anyway to in my bracket. Um so I actually had Duke and Michigan State playing in the final four. Uh, with Duke going on to play North Carolina. And so now that North Carolina is out and all these other teams are out, I know everybody's bracket is broken, so it doesn't really matter. Everybody had Duke walking at home. I am so just happy to see that Duke is out. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't care if I sound like the biggest hater in the country. I don't care. Zion Williamson could be as good as he wants to be. That's all good. But I am a blue – I'm a diehard Carolina Tar Heels fan. And – we just can't stand Duke. It's like the Broncos and Raiders. I'm a Broncos fan and I can't stand the Raiders. Um, and that's, it's pretty much equally the same. I'm a Red Sox fan and I hate the Yankees. It's pretty much equally the same when it comes to that type of level. And we're talking one of the biggest rivalries in all of sports. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I can feel like I can say that as a, as a fan, um, they had the most talented team on paper all year. Um, when you're looking at Zion Williamson and you look at, Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett, we're talking three five-star five-star recruits, and they still couldn't get the job done. So I love that because everybody was on their jock from the beginning. Oh, they got Zion, they got RJ, they got this, they got that. Just 
just all on the nuts and they didn't they didn't finish it so i'm very excited and happy about that because they should have they should have walked to the the championship game and they should have won they should be winning the championship by like 20 points there shouldn't be another team that's even close to them um but here lo and behold they're out they're out of the tournament so i find that to be hilarious um and yeah hopefully hopefully one of these teams i really hope michigan state now takes it i really like thomas O as a coach um the media was trying to shit on him for yelling at players he's always been that way so i don't know why they would like be all up on him now but he's always been that way um he's not bob knight level at least he's not hitting kids with chairs and shit (laughs) (laughs) so really don't be such a softy um because yeah tom enzo is one of the the best coaches that we have out there um he loves his he loves his kids he always plays and he always coaches with a lot of emotion always and he always has um so yeah that's 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 the thing i definitely want to see izzo uh, finally take one home because I feel like he doesn't have that much time left that he's going to be coaching. So I'd really want to see him take this one home. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the better, you know, coaches out there always doing it consistently uh, in a tough conference to the big 10. So, and you know what I like the most about this right now um, is the NCAA. There's, I've, I saw a bunch of people said, well, no, but they, everybody kind of like lost interest in the tournament. And I said, fucking good. Fuck the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Eat a dick because they're making all this money off of players like Zion and they're not getting – these players are getting nothing. Um, Zion hurt himself, and that could have been the end of his career if it would have been worse or it could have taken, a, you know, a step off of his career. Um, maybe he didn't come back the same player. Who knows? Uh, so fuck the NCAA because, again, these players aren't getting anything out of it, and this kind of stops all that – other money that they would have made because we we know we all wanted to see a Duke UNC final that looked like to me that especially on the paper when you looked at how they seated them and where they put them and everything I knew I just knew it in my heart that's how it was going to come down and now neither of us are there so to me that kind of said fuck the NCAA because they now can't make a lot of money they can't make so much money because um, I remember watching in this in this Elite Eight, <clears throat> and then we'll get off of the uh, the NCAA. But in the Elite Eight, in that bracket, that last game, <clears throat> the one before, uh, or I guess today, the tickets for that game was about four hundred bucks a ticket. The UNC game um, last week was only at one hundred and thirty two ticket, one hundred and thirty two dollars, which is the cheapest ticket from any region. That was the cheapest ticket. But the other three regions, the other two regions outside of where North Carolina were at, were roughly about the same. So North Carolina's game was at 132 a ticket. Um, The other region was like 138, and then the other one was like 135. So they're still all within each other, very similar. But then you go to where Duke was, and we're talking $400 a ticket. Wow. So, yeah, that's like double, almost triple the price of the other one, of the other regions. So Duke was definitely making a lot of money for the NCAA and none of these players uh, were getting anything from it. Duke, uh, Zion had his own camera on and shit. CBS made a whole vi- a Zion vision type of shit. Like fuck out of here, y'all. Um, y'all, <laughs> y'all are profiting off of these fucking kids. Like it's like, it's nothing. Well, so I'm kind of glad. He would have been the number one pick last year if they were still taking players out of high school, which they will be starting next year. Right. 
yeah, he'd be the number one pick still. And he's still going to be the number one pick coming out this year. But it, yeah. it's just it's just bullshit. And I feel like I'm kind of glad to see all these blue chip schools out. So it kind of says, fuck you to the NCAA again. So then they don't get what they want. Because we know if we got a Duke-UNC uh, final after the last game and how good that last game was and how much tickets were for the first game, shit. We're talking $2,500 tickets for a spot. And that's costing as much as a damn Super Bowl. Um, nuts, and, bro. Yeah. That first game was – there were tickets out there for $2,000 to that very first game, Duke-UNC. And, of course, Zion got hurt in that and everything else. But that's just ridiculous amounts of money, and these kids don't get nothing from it. So, fuck the NCAA. I'm glad it's shaking out the way it is. We hopefully have a brand-new champ who hasn't won either at all or at least in 20 years, based on what you said. The last championship for Tom Izzo was in uh, 2000. So, we're going to get some players, or we're going to get teams that are going to get crowned uh, that haven't at least won a title in 20 years or ever. So, this is actually pretty exciting. I like that part. Um, I'll be watching definitely down to the end now because to me that makes it interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's it for some NCAA and basketball news. Thank you all for staying up. Again, like, subscribe, uh, do all of that junk, man. Go to TakeTheAntidote.com. That's Polly Dubs, man. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your friends and tell everybody to like, share, do all of that. We're on Spotify, the Apple Podcast. Uh, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Uh, everything, man. And, and the, most of all, you can just go to our website at takedanadote.com and you can listen to all of our stuff and download the episodes there as well. So um, there is no excuse that you don't know about it or can't check it out. Definitely do your thing. Check it out. Let us know. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review and let us know how we're doing, man. Or even if you want to hear something, we actually are thinking about doing a uh, um, kind of like a fans, a fans choice kind of thing of topics that you guys want us to go over and we'll go over those. So um, feel free to leave us a comment on that and let us know what's happening, man. And we definitely want to do that in the, in the coming episodes, but this has been the antidote podcast. That's Polly dubs. This is craftmatic. We'll holler at y'all soon. Peace. Please subscribe. Please leave us a five-star review. Take the antidote.com.